just open up to Luke 22. I just want to stop and pray for a minute, though. It's not like we need to do more prayer, but... Uh, thank you, Gloria. That was really good. That was really good. See, the beauty of the Lord is that every one of us and our expression of the whole, when the Holy Spirit comes on us, I mean, this is what happens when you have intercessors take the offering. Messes, you know, messes people up, messed me up. Anyway, I don't know. I was blessed. <laughs> really. Oh, here we go. Well, if you're here for the first time, welcome. What joy is really good for you. You can laugh. It's all right. We can, we're allowed to laugh in church. It should be. It should be. Listen, if we gave... Oh, that's, that's hilarious giving, right? You just gave and you're laughing. It's really good. Oh. I want to talk to us today about the fullness of Christ and what that looks like. It's good. You should drink. If, if you're not drinking what the rest of them are drinking, you should drink. You should. Wow. It's okay. It's good. What? I think you need to turn the lights up a little. No, you don't. No, you don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Whew. Where are we going, Jesus? Luke 22, if you can get there. I knew I was in trouble. You know why? had visions of CTWC. It's a, it's a church that actually the, one of the Boston Revival, right, flowed out of. 
But see, they set up the church completely different. And that's what I was thinking of. And then actually the Duhats ended up messaging me. So that's strange, right? That's and then so we got all this laughter going on. But I can think of Michael going around in a circle like this. Because we used to just get in the river and go during worship. And so it was a little different going to church. You know, you didn't know what to expect and prophets would show up. But there was a full flow of the Holy Spirit all the time. <laughs> so... It should be contagious, right? This joy. Uh, I'm not. I just can't move. That's what happens. I try to keep my feet moving just so I don't completely turn into a mushroom. Whew. You know, the greatest thing is if joy is abundant. It should be abundant. It just should be abundant, right? There's no room for being depressed. <laughs> Who can be depressed with this joy? If your neighbor's way too serious, just, just look back and say you need to drink. I do. I do need a tiny bit more light. A little bit. Luke 22. Guess what? We're never in in a rush to get out of here, so that's good. Uh, 22, verse 7. Yeah, and I'm just going to hit this to just get us launched, but I truly feel... Did the light go up at all? Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm not. No, I'm good. I'm only teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. We need a remote. All right. Ready? Verse 7. You with me? Candace is not with me. <laughs> okay. She'll catch up. If I can even read. All right. Then. Then the day of unlimited... Uh, Drinking with the cat. I might need readers. No. Then the day. Then came the day of unleavened bread. And he sent Peter and John 
saying, go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. And so they said to him, where do you want us to prepare? And he said, if I was in the King James, unto them, behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Uh-oh, there's water again. Everyone better take a drink. Now, how did Jesus know that there was going to be a guy there with water doing whatever he's doing? How did he know? Good question to ask him. Right? Said, follow him into the house which he enters, and then you shall ask the master of that house, of the house, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And then he'll show you a large furnished upper room. Yeah, come on. And there make ready. So they went and found it just as he had said to them. And they prepared Passover. And when the hour had come, he sat down with the twelve and the twelve apostles with him, and he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Let's just read that last sentence again. It is this, it's with fervent desire. I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Everyone say fulfilled. I want you to just look at the context here for a minute, and we're just going to completely go away from this text. <laughs> but I, have the, I just felt like the, it was the Lord opening things up. He wants to open a door, right? He wants to open a window for us so that we can come up here. And I feel like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me all week about the latter rain and the, and the, and the rains of heaven being released, but it's the fulfillment of what he's called for all throughout Scripture. It's the last day's outpouring that leads to the mighty harvest, to the coming of the Lord Jesus, and we must be prepared, yet we must get ourselves positioned so that the infilling will be fulfilling in everything that God does, okay? So I, I just want you to notice, ready? He has them, he really, obviously he's the prophet of prophets, right, Jesus and he speaks to the two disciples, Peter and John, his two favorites. You know, James wasn't kicked out of the first trio. But I, I know this, that he, he did this, and, and he instructed them to do what? To go prepare the Passover. And what does that look like? I don't know. Do you ever read the Bible, and then you read one line, and you say, wait a second, I completely missed that. 
And I, and I feel like the Lord is saying they went and prepared Passover, and we're, we're in this season right now, and they had to go and find the lamb, prepare the lamb, and that required a bit of a mess. And they were doing everything that was about to happen only days later to him. And it was, a, it was really a prophetic picture of what the Lord wants us to bring us into that we understand and that we go and we prepare our hearts and, and put aside and bring, and they must have gone to that place and put the, the blood over the doorpost and went into that house, which may have been the very place because it says the upper room that was furnished. It could have been the place where in 10 days after Jesus was, was crucified, that they went and they waited, or after he rose again, sorry, excuse me, that he went, they went and waited and saw and experienced a fulfillment of all of Joel's prophecies. And if you look at the word fulfillment, it's all through the Old Testament, it's all through the New Testament, Paul uses it all over the place. Be filled, the fullness, all kinds of ways. How many realize that we are living in a day where God is about to fulfill all the things that he's promised in these days? And, and I, I truly believe, I do not believe that the Lord's coming tonight as we're asleep. Sorry. But the church doesn't look like it's, it's ready. And I'm saying that. I know no man knows the hour of the day. I know it's not today. You'll wake up tomorrow. You won't be in glory. Or you should be in glory, but just not up there. Okay, so I really want us to just focus on a few things because there's fulfillment that God wants to bring us into, and he desires that our eyes are completely fixed on him. And now I'm going to deal with a couple things. I'm going to talk about time and fulfillment because when Jesus came, right, and he gave, it says that, ready, go to Galatians chapter 4. Quickly, as quick as you can, probably faster than me on your phones. But the reality is God wants to fulfill all things, right? The fulfillment. He wants to see the fullness of healing in this time. He wants to see the fullness of deliverance in this time. He wants to see the fulfillment of all things. He wants to see the restoration of all things. He wants to, this will happen. And so I just want to go here, chapter 4, verse 4, Galatians, ready? But when, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive adoptions as sons. Let's just keep going a little further. And you are sons of God. God has sent forth his spirit has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, therefore you no longer are a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And this is what, ready, we're going to deal with. It was the fulfillment that Jesus came, right, and abolished. He completely eradicated the law of sin and death so that we could walk in the spirit of life. Now, I talked to you over the last few weeks about the divine nature, right? I talked to you the last few weeks about the, the, the um, being hidden in Christ 
and God coming down from heaven and standing in our place so that we could receive all in all that we don't lack one thing. And I, I, I listen, everyone in this room, listen to me, and those who are listening online, you do not lack one thing in Jesus Christ. And we may have a way to go, but look, I started thinking about when I got saved, and I was even here just now, I was just saying, I'm saying, God, why, how did you even think I was trustworthy? Like, what would that, th- like, <laughs> that would overwhelm me. That did overwhelm me. But he saw fit that you be his son and daughter and that you walk in the fullness of everything that he's provided in the cross and through the cross and through his resurrection. He provided it because he decided, I'm going to give it away because I want to restore perfect relationship between sons and daughters and me. And that is just the gospel. Listen, this is just the good news I'm rehearsing with you over and over every week. But it never gets old. It's always good news. And I, I can't understand how he would trust us to do his bidding on the earth. Right? Because it has to be in humility we understand that, listen, God wants to use you, but it's not an issue of, of wow, someday I want this. Because really, I had this picture of me pushing this thing over today. But I won't do that because there's water on there. But that's like in my head, like it's not about this. It's about, because I, I, listen, I've been talking to a lot of people that are working in the marketplace. You know how they influence people? It's crazy. It's crazy every open door to give the gospel, to be a light, to be in places where you just release light. It doesn't matter about... I'm not saying it doesn't matter because I am part of what the Ephesians 4.11 part of this. So this is, this is something, but it's not the end all. And what the body needs to understand is I'm blowing things up again. What the body needs to understand is that as we draw in and we are filled with all the fullness of God... Listen, I'm listening to testimonies of people that just have these divine encounters with everyone. You talk to Joe, every day is a divine encounter with 10 or 12 people in a gun shop. I've talked to lawyers. I've talked to other people that have been in, in, in the midst of life. They're having awesome opportunities to release the kingdom in that place to bring deliverance. They think they're doing one thing and God catches them and says, no, you're doing this. And you've got a divine appointment right here. And so this is the fulfillment of God's glory on the earth coming through the saints. Because none of us are disqualified. You are all qualified. I don't care what you think is holding you back. Because that will be fulfilled too. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, you look better than you did yesterday. Come on, God has changed something inside of you and you're different than you were yesterday and you're going to look different tomorrow because you spent a little more time with Jesus today. And I can't, I can't help but encourage everyone. I have to look in the mirror and go, God, I don't even know what you're doing. Like, I, I wish I had some profound understanding and wisdom on how he's going to do the rest of this. And when we're, we're sitting in this place and God is going to, listen, there's a flood that's about to be released. I saw the... 
In March, one year ago, I saw the diamonds and the prophetic utterance from Jesus himself being released. It's clear words that are coming from the prophetic. It's clear words that are coming from the apostolic because all five of, of the expressions of the, of the graces of God that are on the church are going to be expressed in this season to see the fulfillment and the maturity of the entire body of Christ. You're living in that time. You should be way more excited. I'm telling you. And so, listen, we see Jesus came to fulfill. He came as a fulfillment to release fulfillment. So Jesus comes to you daily. Ready? Just, let's just put it really simply. Jesus comes daily to you, and he wants to release a fulfillment on something in your life. He wants to put another piece of the puzzle into your life and give you a better picture of what God looks like because it's all about the heart. Listen, did you pray? Let's just pray right now for a second. I, I was going to pray and I never did because we got drunk. <laughs> so Father, I just ask that we open our hearts to all the knowledge of God right now. Lord, I thank you for the prophetic, just a release today of your words that will just penetrate our hearts. Lord, we thank you for moving us from glory to glory. Lord, I'm asking right now every mind, every heart, be open to the knowledge of you. Experiencing the knowledge and understanding you in a greater way, God, today. I thank you. It's in the room. It's available to receive right now in Jesus' name. So really, there, is, there are times and seasons, right? We talk about Kairos times, we talk about Kronos times, we're living in a Kairos and a Kronos time, because time has to go, that's our Kronos time, time moves along, you're in time moving, you're only getting younger, <laughs> look at your neighbor, you're only getting younger, come on, the anointing's on your life, that's what we say after a certain age, right? You're only getting younger, and you look better than you did yesterday, because the glory of God's being revealed on your li- in your life in a brand new way. Listen, I'm walking in reverse aging. <laughs> I'm walking in a place where the glory is going to come on my life in such a way it's going to wipe out that stuff, you know? Come on. Can you believe that? Yes. Come on. I'm taking a Holy Ghost facelift if the rest of y'all won't. Not that I need one. But the reality is God's trying to pull us into a place, not only a chronos seasons, but the fulfillment the fulfillment of the Kairos seasons. Don't you want to live in that, that place where, where time and all the fulfillment, all the promises come into conversion and you walk things out because God promised certain things and you haven't seen the fulfillment of it. And I'm going to say to you today, God wants to dial you in so that you know where you're going and you don't have this like disparity and navigation issue. Listen, God did not give you a messed up GPS. It's working properly, and it's right here in the Word. It's right here in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit that leads you into all truth and points you in the right direction. All right? All right. Where am I going now? Yeah, let's just go to Colossians. Because there's, there's so many things. Oh, this book, this book, these two chapters, I was going to read the whole thing, but I can't. I don't have time. So I'm just going to read a couple things. You know, he says things, Paul, all through his writings, he says, you know, fully pleasing him, being strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. 
right? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers. That's like Peter's language. But God's qualified you. You didn't do anything to be qualified. And so how does fulfillment happen? Well, I have to do this, and I've got my checklist, and I've got all these things. No, no. He has qualified you to understand by what we just prayed right, right before this, that I understand and I have the mind, the mind of Christ, that therefore I know that I have the knowledge of God. That means knowing God. Listen, you know what intimacy means? Yeah, it means relationship, but it means greater information. I have greater information about my wife after 27, 28, 29 we could go way back. <laughs> Years of knowing her, but n information opens you up into understanding what actually pleases. Okay, come on, man. Are you dull? Information opens us up for understanding. It'll bring us in to what brings us to what... Uh, ultimately will put us in to greater relationship and understanding one another. Okay, so, so I know when I know God, when I come into God's presence, he begins to open things up. He wants to share secrets with you, and that's the fulfillment of things. Look, look I'll just stop for a second. Stop for a second. Ready? He is the invisible image of God, right? Jesus Christ. He's the image of the invisible God. Verse 19, chapter 1, Colossians. For it pleased the Father that in him all fullness should dwell. And by him reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through what? A cross. The blood. I don't know about you. It's like I need this book like every day. I just have to go into Colossians every day. It just gives me like, there's nothing, it just is life to you, at least to me. And you were once alienated and enemies in your minds by wicked works, right? So God's transforming our lives. Not, we don't operate out of wicked works or, or carnal thinking, but we operate out of this. Yet knowing he has reconciled in the body his flesh through death, and he has presented you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. That means every time I come before the Lord and I look at him, he sees me holy, blameless, without reproach. That I don't have anything that keeps me back from him. That means every place where you think uh, low of yourself, every place where you have um, inferiority, uh, insecurities, all these things, listen, they've been wiped out by the cross of Jesus Christ, by the blood. It just flooded it over and brought you in with great confidence because we know in whom we believe. And he's given us everything we need. There is nothing that you lack. There's not one thing. So just jump over to uh, chapter 2 and verse 9. It says, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then the second part is this. And you are complete in him, who is the head over all principality and power. That means that there is no devil, there is no uh, oppression, there is nothing 
that can push you out of the love of God. There is not one thing that can push you out of the dimension of his love. There's not one place that, that the enemy can keep you out of in the intimacy of God because everything, right? You have been, he, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead and you are made complete in him. That means you have been absolutely finished. You are done. You are finished work in Christ because of the blood of Jesus. It's brought you in and that's just how it is. End of story. Stop thinking stupid thoughts. No, just honestly, because it's not you. It's lies. It's lies that try to keep you bound up and, and handcuffed from stepping into fulfillment. God wants to pull us into fulfillment. And listen, there's, there's things that the Holy Spirit is, is trying to imprint into the church right now in this hour. Listen, the shaking that we've been in, it's good for you. When the Lord shakes, it's to, res it's to shake out all the things that we do not need. It's to break down all the false stuff that we believed. It's brought us into a new place where we understand all. There, there have been prophecies from the, you can go back to, good night. You could go all the way back to, Azusa Street probably, or, or the Welsh Revival, or wherever you want to go. And everything, everyone's been prophesying to the future and the end. Every generation thought that they were the generation. And I'm saying, I don't know if it's coming in our generation. But I do know this, that the time is short. And that the Holy Spirit wants us to be in this place where God is pouring out His Spirit into us that we do not miss one iota. Because convergence of time, chronos time, and, and, and kairos time begin to move us forward. And God is trying to break off of the church those things that cloud us, those things that keep us away from what He wants us to do. Verse 11, in him, you are also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of sin. Ready? You've already taken it off. What happened at baptism? <laughs> it's interesting. I had an awesome time last night or yesterday afternoon, and the guy, I, we, we got to minister uh, to about 30, 30, 40 kids. I don't know how many were there. But they were like eight and up. And it was awesome. And so <laughs> they taught, Greg Winslow's brother taught on baptism, water baptism, cranked the kids up on candy, and then I had them for the Holy Ghost because I talked about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I had a great time. But here's the thing. God is wanting to pour into every generation. And I'm looking as, like, it's almost like I might have found my calling. <laughs> no, I do good with kids because I'm just a kid. But the reality is that they're like sponges. They were like pulling. They were pulling because they're hungry and they want spiritual food because they don't know and they're not cluttered up with all the things that we got to be cluttered up with, you know, and all the things that are waving around in our minds like reeds, like this trying to get the glory and not, and not giving God the glory. 
And so it was crazy because I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm reading this because God gave us that baptism. It's a water baptism that moved us from, it's, it's, yeah, it's an act, but it's a prophetic act that pulled you out of the life of death into life in Christ. You're resurrected. You live in the resurrection. We went through that for three weeks. I don't need to review that, do I? I'm telling you, there's a baptism that's being ba- that God is about to baptize the church in that will not, that cannot be stopped because the fire of God and every prophetic word. I believe the words of Smith Wigglesworth that there's going to be a, a outpouring at the end of the age. I believe that the thing of the things that Kim Clement has sent said, and, and I believe the prophets that have gone, John Paul Jackson, there's so many people that have released words, and we just sit here, and we wait for them to drop into our laps, and I'm not talking about striving, guys, but I'm saying, prepare yourself to be fulfilled in every good thing. If we prepare ourselves, if we don't sit back and kind of get sleepy Joe-ish, sorry, it just came out. <laughs> But the Holy Spirit wants you to be fully awake and fully aware and fully grasping the things of heaven. When, when Gloria was sharing about the open, the deluge. Listen, it's not about even the money. It's about the deluge that's being released from heaven right now in this hour. And it, there's, nothing, there's nothing that's stopping it. Just who's grabbing it? Who's taking it? Who's receiving it? And I'm not here, I am here to pump you up a little, but the the reality is I don't want you to be, it's like not always like striving, but just position yourself. Like I can't help but soak in what God's going to do. And I prophesy to you right now that you will fulfill everything that's been called to, on your life. I, pro- I prophesy to you right now that you will not miss one thing. I prophesy to you now that you will walk in wholeness and fullness, and you will not be lacking one thing. I prophesy to your family that you're believing for that's going to shift, that something's going to shift and change in their mindsets. I prophesy if you're from another church that revival will strike, and they will strike like lightning. And Lord, we declare it over this place right now that, that that the move of heaven would just wreck New England, would wreck the Northeast, would wreck every place that it touches. And Lord, we would be right in the middle of it. We would be right a part of it. We would be in the middle of what you're doing. In Jesus' name. Oh, so this is good. I didn't even get to 12, right? So buried, you were buried with him. Ready? Here's resurrection life. <laughs> You were buried with him in baptism, in which you are also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And here we go. We can go right to Ezekiel 37 because here we, right? Because every, every time, right now we're looking at, a, at the America, like, and, you know, you get voices that were speaking, you know, long, dark winter and all these things over the media and all this stuff. And I, I just, we just reverse that curse. And we speak life to the dry, dead bones. And I speak life to the dry, dead bones in anything that you touch, that you, you would touch these things and things would come to life. You would not lack anything. And the, the floodgates, the torrents of God would move through you. Don't you want that? It's, it's just, it's there. But you want to grab it in completion. Like God is trying to complete this thing in you. Let me, and I'll show you how in a second, right? Because he's wiped out. 
I love this. We could just read this whole, you just preach out of this whole chapter, ready? And you being dead in your trespasses and, and uncircumcision of the flesh, he, all, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all, everyone say all, all, all trespasses. If you repented, we do. I do it every day. God just cleansed me. It's like this morning. I just felt, it's funny. Everyone left the house. Sometimes it's busy in my house during Sunday. Everyone left the house, and I just felt the, the, like the water turned on. I don't know what happened, but the water just comes and messed me up. I'm on the carpet, a mess. I love that. Lord, let it be every day. But the reality is I'm like, God... I don't know if, you know, it's, it's like you check your heart. Like I'm coming in here every time and I go, God, anything in my heart, please just, I want to be a cl clean, pure vessel that's used by you. Lord, I don't want anything in the way. I want a pure flow of the Holy Spirit. And you want that daily, not just because you're getting up here. I do it daily. I go, God, anything that's in the way, please remove it. Take it away. He said, I already did. It's already been wiped out. It's already been done. It's already been finished. Having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements of the, that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, and he made a public display Spectacle of them triumphing over them. Guys, I don't even know if that hits you. But when I read that, I am like, there is no demon that can stop what God's going to do. Most of our time, we're fighting all these little devils, right? And God's already, right, he's already got dominion over the air. But he's looking for someone. He's looking for a bunch of people. He's looking for the body of Christ. He's looking for his body to rise up and step into who they were called to be and overtake and take dominion in everything that he said, right? So go to uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll land the plane. But I just want to talk because I've said all these things And what we'd love to see and what every, I feel like every church should look like is that as we begin to mature in everything, right, we begin to mature because that's what Ephesians chapter 11, 411 speaks about, right, the maturity of the body. It comes rising up. Why? Because the fivefold ministry just comes into this absolute incredible, just arises out of nowhere, ready? Because only as of recently, the apostolic and the prophetic have been added. Because I, I can tell you growing up in the, in the 80s and 90s, watching as the, the evangelist was big, the teachers were big, the, you know, the, the pastor and everyone who runs a church is called a pastor. It's not necessarily true. And so the, the, it's just a label, Ready? And so God wants the whole body to begin to look. And I'm talking about the fivefold, but this is going to apply to everyone in this room. Because God is, is bringing up every gift. 
every, everyone say grace, every grace that you walk in what you're called to, that you don't sit down and you don't shut up and you're not discouraged and you're not, you know, checking the list why you can't do something. No, you can do all things through him because he's strengthened you. And so I want you to realize that Jesus, when he was crucified, he descended into hell, took the keys, see ya, and took dominion over everything. And restoration, now the job is, right, because the now that the prophet and the apostle are, have, have arisen in the late 90s into the 2000s now, right? We're, we, we're here. And, and God's bringing this fivefold into clarity. Everyone say fivefold. fivefold. The fivefold is necessary. It's necessary to really see the fullness of Christ. I'm going to read it to you in a second. But he ascended on high and led the captives Kept, led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Verse 9, now, he is, now this, he ascended, and what does this mean? He also first descended. That's what I was just talking about. He went down, he took over, he kicked butt and came back. Yeah, he took names. And it's also who ascended far above the heavens and that he might fulfill all things. That he might fill all things. He's filling all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. And I don't want you to read this. See, what happens is we read this and we've heard it and we don't, we, we just motor through it. Till we all come to the unity of faith, that means all being one, that doesn't mean some unity movement that includes all kinds of weird faiths, that means the body of Christ is one, walking as one, one, one man, or one bride, one son, one bride, okay, and then it says in the, in the end of the knowledge of the Son of God, it says, Come to unity of faith and of knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. That means a mature man. How many are mature? Raise your hands. Just, just by faith, you're taking it. Just do it. Just take it. God, I'm going to be mature. I'm going to look like you. Yes, Jesus. You are. You already look like Jesus, right? And so this is what's going to happen. And the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So what? Wait a second. It says that the body of Christ, it didn't say that the apostle was going to look like that. It says that the body is going to look like that. What's happening to me? I might go to the handheld. The reality is this. The stature of the fullness of Christ. And I don't know about you, but my mind, I, I try to wrap my mind around that. Because what Jesus did on the earth, he said, we'll do greater things than these. We'll do greater things than these. 
That means that who he is, not only you've become in the earth, but you've got an upgrade of what he had. I don't get it. So ready? That's your bar. I guess I don't move. That's the problem. Till we all come to unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God. Knowledge, knowing, knowing, knowing who Jesus is. Knowing what he likes. Knowing, I would have taken all the pies. If she had left them back here, I was going to just start spreading them all out. I'm only kidding. I'm not going to do it because it's a mess. But this is what I wanted to do. I want to make a landing strip for God today. God wants to land somewhere, and he's looking for an invitation. And so can it be, Hosanna, just, we, we just invite the king. Come, Lord Jesus, would you just come here? And, and then we do it when we get home. God, I'm putting it on my, I'm going to go to my, my, my door. I'm going to put the blood. Not really. But I apply the blood to my household. And I allow the Lord to come and visit my home. And so he's wanting us to come into this place where we know him. Remember I said knowledge, information, brings me into greater intimacy with him. That doesn't mean Bible. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. It doesn't necessarily mean the Bible. I'm not saying we go outside the Bible. I'm saying your true relationship with the Lord begins to just be sizzling hot. That when you meet with him, you begin to come into this place where he tells you what he wants. When he says to you, you're married to me, and you're married to my message, that's, that's a real thing, right? He's, he's wanting to come into closer proximity with you, not to keep you outside of who he is, but he's desiring to dial you in on the middle of his heart, right where he, right where he wants you, right in the middle of his heart. He wants to dial you in to that spot so that you do not... You, don't, you know exactly what he wants. To the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. Ready? I prophesy maturity to this place. And I know this. Listen, we've got so many people in here. and I, What God wants to do is that I'd love to see this. Ready? That I'd have that I'd be up here a couple times. Come on, I'll start scanning the room. No, but I you know what? You know what? It should be every pastor's desire, every leader's senior leader's desire, every apostolic prophetic leader's desire is that the church would actually just function and form together, and it wouldn't be one guy up here doing everything. And I'm just talking about a Sunday. That doesn't even count for everything else, right? That we join together as one and that God begins to develop us and mature us in our gifts. Does it mean that there's never any mistakes? Uh-uh. There's going to be mistakes. 
But you can't enter into fulfillment without having some type of correction. Right? God wants to bring course corrections. The problem is when we don't respond well to course corrections, that always shipwrecks us. And the Lord is trying to pull the body of Christ into this place. Why? I said, God, I want a door where I'm just completely purified because I want, I want the stature of the fullness of Christ to move through my life. I want it to move through your life. What is that? God has to do some correction. He has, to, he has to take some things and change some things. So fulfillment doesn't usually come just because we get everything right all along the way, does it? It shouldn't. And so the Holy Spirit wants us to look deep into his eyes, and then we know exactly what he wants. And then we try to do that here. Notice I said try. Because you... Everything God wants to fulfill in your life, you have to at least try. Oh, someone, I'm talking to someone today. <laughs> I'm talking to someone today. You have to start trying, and you have to start pursuing, and you have to start looking to him. And when you look and, and you get his gaze, he begins to open things up and say, yes, yes, come, come, come closer. And I want to tell you secrets. And as he tells you secrets, he begins to let you, he wants to push you out of the nest. He wants the eagles to fly. He doesn't want you to sit in the nest and peck at things and wait for mom to bring you lunch every day. He wants you to go and fly into places where you've not been before. So God will fulfill. Look at me. He will fulfill everything in your life. Look at me. One eye. This is, this is something that the Lord did to me this week. It was single eye, single vision. He said, look at me. He said, you see the look in my eye? I said, I'm a little afraid of that look in your eye. Because it, it is. But if he looks you in the eye, he's going to pull you into, his, into the life he's had for you. Because here's the thing. You lock gaze with him, you don't shift your eyes. You're looking at him, and you take orders from the commander-in-chief. You don't look around and say, I need to be here or there. God will direct you. Remember, remember what we started with. The Lord knew. He knew where Peter was going to go. He knew where these guys were going to go. He said to them, listen, I come to you right now, and I desire earnestly, I fervently desire to have this meal. He had other Passovers with them. Did you ever read your Bible? I don't think about that stuff sometimes. I'm like, well, it's just, you know, Luke. No, it's the reality of it. It's this one time. It's the last time. And then I went in the Bible and I looked. I said, did you drink any wine or did you have any bread when you came back? Nope. He ate fish. That's prophetic in itself. He broke bread, didn't say he ate it. He didn't sit down for another Passover with them. He said, I fervently desire that I partake at this table with you now because I won't take of it until I come back from my kingdom. So we are here, kingdom awakening. We, that's our thing. That's our... 
We love awakening. We love the kingdom. We love this. But ultimately, we only have a portion of the kingdom. It's not fulfilled until we get Jesus back here. So the Holy Spirit's speaking. Ready? Watch my eye. I want to eat with you now. And he did it. And listen, Friday, I, I just have faith that God's going to blow this place up. I know it's full in here. So if you're coming, you better get here early because we get everyone else that comes here. And I know half of the people on a usual Sunday don't show up here. I'm just saying. Not, that's not condemnation. I'm saying you won't have a seat. So come ready. My desire is that I eat of this right now with you. And you know, Peter and John, they, they took the lamb, they put the blood, they, brought, they prepared the lamb, they already took care of all that, and they still didn't understand. Lord, let us understand what your mission is in every part of our, every season of our life. They were walking with him. They thought he was the man that was going to take over the government. They thought he was going to be the political guy. I'm telling you, Jesus is so awesome. He's so awesome. He wants, he wants to have this, this time with you. He's preparing you in this season to step into a new realm with him, fulfilling everything in your life. And you, you, some of you are like, I don't even know what he wants to fulfill. That's because you haven't been looking in his eye. I don't say that with condemnation. I say that with when you look in his eye, you're going to know. Because I can't get to his eye. I, it happened to me in 2006 or seven. It happened before. And he, when I saw him like that, I, he shot a sword into my mouth, out of his mouth. Because he wants to release a word to us. The sword of his word comes in and it cuts, it changes, it transforms everything. Listen, when, the, when Hebrews 4 talks about it cutting you know, marrow to soul and, soul and spirit and all that, it's talking about coming inside your inner man because the word of God discerns everything that's on the inside of you. And so it is in the kingdom, right? When the spirit of God comes, he comes like a knife and he wants to do surgery. And, it, and I'm telling you, God is looking for you to get engaged with him. Look at his eye. And allow him, listen, Lord, we just pray right now, and I'll just pray. Let's just pray. Come on, stand. Maybe grace if you help me a little. Just thank him right now. You know, he's done so much in this one service. It's just crazy. I feel like he's done so much. Just lift your hands. It's good. Just surrender. I feel like, and just, you know, some of you may be like, I don't feel one thing. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. God's doing things. Sometimes we feel like we don't sense God doing one thing, and he's doing more than you know. So, Lord, we raise our hands to you just once more, one more time, just in surrender tonight. Lord, I thank you that you're releasing fulfillment over every person in this place. Your fulfillment, God. Every place that we walk, God, 
every person you lead us to, God. Lord, in our prayer times, God, you're beginning to move us into new places that we don't even understand or know. Lord, I just release refreshing. I release even the, the, the wine that was being released earlier. God, just, Lord, even do it again. Lord, I thank you for the water that's being released even today. It's a sign as to what you want to do in our lives. Lord, let the latter rain come. Lord, let the fulfillment of every prophecy, of prophecies of the past, words from the past, and the future that haven't even been spoken yet. Lord, let them come to pass in this season, God. We believe in you. And Lord, there's people in this place that haven't even had, they don't even have a prophetic word. They might not even know what a prophetic word is. God, I thank you that you have destiny written on our hearts. So we just raise our hands up to you right now. We just thank you for the fulfillment. Lord, you're pulling us closer into the vortex, into the fervent vortex, to the torrents of God's power and grace to walk in new levels, to walk in new places, to engage with maturity in a brand new way. So we just release right now there's just patterns, patterns that have needed to be changed or shifted, God. We just, we just speak to those things right now, God, that you're shifting things even now in people's lives, that you're giving a grace to walk in things that they've not been able to walk in. And I thank you for it's being released even now, even right now. Just if you need that, just take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Lord, I thank you for sweet pursuit. Lord, there's nothing that we strive in, God, but there's a fulfillment of this deep intimacy with you, God. And we walk, and we live, and we move with you, God, in this deep, deep place where we've locked gaze with you. So just ask him right now, God, would you let your, would we, I desire that your kingdom would come to whatever degree that looks like in my life right now, <laughs> until you come, until you come. Because I'm telling you, there is, there is a level of kingdom that's about to be released on the earth, and it's going to bring in, it's going to usher in the return of Jesus Christ. It's going to usher in the return of the Lord. It's going to usher in the great harvest at the end of the age. It's going to usher in all these things. I just declare over every distraction right now that we would be focused, laser focused on the fulfillment of maturity in our lives, on the fulfillment of the missions in our lives, on the fulfillment of the, vi the visions that you're releasing right now. 